0: Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Two, one. Come on, is that not contagious? Give God praise. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Uh, we, uh, this is a, a home that just opened this September called the Faith House. And uh, named the Faith House because this house, by the grace of God, uh, given the opportunity to uh, to build that home there, uh, serving with uh, Alicia and Saniso, our missionaries there in Eswatini, and uh, they send their thanks because you also made it possible for them to have Christmas, and so as a church, we got to provide Christmas for all of those girls, and uh, their, uh, 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 the girls home there, uh, I believe 36 girls total that we were able to, to just be a part of in uh, celebrating, so thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Christmas. Somebody wave if you had a blessed Christmas, a great Christmas. If your neighbor's not putting their hand up, put it up for them. You had a wonderful Christmas. We know you did. Uh, uh, welcome to 2023. Can you believe it? Here we are. How many are excited for new beginnings? It is a, It is just a great opportunity. I I, I love, uh, I said this already, but uh, I don't ever want to take for granted the the gift that God gives us in newness he gives us the day it's a it's a new day i'm so thankful for new days he gives us New seasons, he gives us new years. That there's a season that we can we can walk into with anticipation. I pray you've got anticipation of what God wants to do as we begin this new year here at Faith Assembly. Uh, what I want to do today is just share a, a word that's on my heart of of just to help launch us in this new year. And then next week we're going to kick off uh, a series which is our theme for the new year called Pure Fire, and uh, that'll lead into our week of refresh. But today I, I just want to share a, a word of encouragement that I. Believe believe this this picture that God has put in, in my heart, my spirit for what He wants to do in in this not just in this new year, I believe at the beginning of this new year. Uh, there are words that God puts in our heart, and one of the things we do at faith assemblies is we really we, we really try to lean in and, and pray about what it is the the spirit of God is saying and and just just asking God to give us words and something that we can kind of lean into and some of the words that we've leaned into over the last few years, some of you might remember some of these, we, we continue to stand on them, we felt God give us the word to put on our green shoes and get ready to run, how many know we still got the green shoes on, we're still running and we're believing that God is still ordering our steps, we believe that God gave us a word that he's bringing us into a great expanse an uninterrupted flow of his presence and I believe there's an increase of his presence, he, I believe we saw that in 2022. But don't ever think we get to a place that now we mark that we've arrived. There's still more that God wants to wants to reveal, wants to show, wants to take and lead us into. We, we also believe that God gave us a word uh, this past year that would be a year of jubilee when sons and daughters would return with resources. We believe that God said specifically that this year, and I've met uh, a handful of people that in the lobby or different places said, hey, I grew up here, left the area, came back and uh, felt God calling me back to this Area. And I just uh, sense that in 2022, just a word that God was giving us, that God is preparing us to step into some things of significance for the sake of his kingdom here in Fayette County. We love what God is doing around the world, but we're pretty... Uh, Uh, pretty uh, desirous to see God do something significant here in Fayette County. Uh, This place that we call home, it's not better than any other place. It's just what God has given us. And we we pray, God, give us the land. Every place that our feet touch, would you give it to us, that we would see the kingdom of God. Here's the word I believe God is wanting for uh, and putting uh, on our heart for us to lean into in 2023, and that is this, that God is going to put his church on display. That this word on display, that I believe this is going to be a year that God is going to display his glory in greater measure. That there's going to be a greater increase of God's glory on display. Not that the world would see the church, but that the world would see the God, the Jesus, the one who is the head of the church, the one who who has orchestrated and put all things together and uh, that we would see God do such a way, do it in such a way that only you get the glory, oh God. Is anybody who can agree with that for 2023? God, do something significant and put us on display. Not that people would see us, but that we would reflect the glory and the goodness of our God. I, I wanna look today... We start 2023 with 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's uh, something that's become a tradition for us, and we want it to be more than tradition. It's a, it, it's a spiritual practice, and I want to talk a little bit about prayer and fasting, but I want to weave that into uh, just a word that I believe God is, is uh, wanting to, to release here today and to just cause us to step into new places. Uh, Jeremiah is where I want to look in Jeremiah chapter 12, and then we're also going to go to Jeremiah 31. The last month and a half or so, I've been in in my personal time in Jeremiah, and I just felt landed or planted there for this first Sunday in the new year. Uh, Jeremiah, of course, is the prophet who is uh, declaring God's word to the people of Israel just before and during their early years of their time of exile when they are captured by Babylon. Uh, They have, uh, Israel's been in a place of rebelling and resisting the things of God throughout Jeremiah, you read that you've resisted me. You've, you've turned away from me. You've not, you, you've not received what I wanted to do in you. And so as a result, because they resisted God, there would be tragedy that would come. Jeremiah was called to preach the gospel and to preach and to share this word. He was called from the very beginning. This is where we hear the scripture early in Jeremiah, that while I was in my mother's womb, even while he was in his mother's womb, that he was called for this to deliver a message of both tragedy and hope. Notice notice this, that oftentimes there's a message of tragedy, but God will always connect hope in the midst of your tragedy. He didn't send uh, Jeremiah to just give a message of tragedy of, woe are you, you've got bad things coming, but he came with a message of hope. I want you to know today, God will use your tragedy. God doesn't just allow your tragedy. He will use your tragedy. He will always produce and work things for your good and for his purpose. I don't understand all of his ways. I just know if your pain is deep, his purpose is even deeper if your pain is is harsh and real his purpose in your life is even more that you would know and even as we're worshiping this morning my prayer is oh that we would know the reality of the splendor and majesty of our God that we would know how wonderful how glorious how holy how magnificent because when you put that against anything else nothing else competes to the glory and the majesty of our God when that reality gets in our heart, it changes our whole perspective. It changes everything. I said this last week or sometime recently, I don't know. I could have a reason to be depressed, but the reason to be depressed is nothing compared to the reason to give God glory because his holiness is far greater than anything else. It doesn't mean I don't hurt. It just means my hurt doesn't overwhelm me and overtake me because there's nothing compared to the glory and the majesty of my God because I know now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask, think, hope, or imagine, I believe and stand upon the word of God. Is there anyone else today who believes and stands upon the word of God? Not by sight, but by faith. Not by what I see, but by what the word of God says and reveals that we would know this hope. Jeremiah has this conviction. He's sharing not only tragedy, but hope. And as you can imagine, as Jeremiah is giving the word to the people, they don't want to hear it. Jeremiah is saying, because you resisted God, Babylon is going to come and overtake you. And there were people, there were false prophets, there were priests among the the day who said, nah, don't listen to Jeremiah. He's just crazy. God won't let anything bad happen to you. How many know when given the option to listen to the bad news or the good news, we would often take the good news? And so the people are like, forget you, Jeremiah. We don't want anything to do with you because we like their news better than your news. The Bible says there'll be a day when people just have ears to hear what they want to hear. Just tell me the good news. Tell me what it is. But here is the good news. Jeremiah wasn't not sharing good news. He was sharing the good news in the midst of the bad news. He didn't just come with bad news. He came with good news. It's interesting that we always want the good news of God, but you can't have good until you recognize how bad it really could be without do you really know how beautiful something is without having something else to compare it to? You know, I really love having my kids home for Christmas. Do you know what made it more special? When they didn't come home. How many know that because you've experienced without, you know even more with? And there's sometimes God in his, in, in those, those moments giving us perspective and allowing that to be deepened, in our hearts in this way that that we desire certain things in a a way that we would want them to be, but God is working all things together for our good because the people didn't want Jeremiah's word, they rejected him. This puts Jeremiah in a place, this is where we find him in in Jeremiah chapter 11, in the start of chapter 12. uh, Jeremiah is saying to God, God, these people are rejecting me, I'm sharing your word, and now Jeremiah is saying, God, why are the wicked prospering? Have you ever been at a place that you've questioned God and said, God, this isn't fair. Why is this happening the way it's happening? Jeremiah is in this situation saying, God, what, I'm, I'm serving you, and I'm doing everything I can, and now these people want to kill me. They've got, their, they've, they've got it out to kill me. They, even my own family wants to take me out. I have nothing going my way, and these wicked people who won't even hear your word, they're prospering, and it looks like you're blessing them. God, why are you allowing this to happen? Jeremiah cries out to God before And he expects God to reply much like he did before early on in Jeremiah's ministry. Jeremiah is called of God to go preach the word. And Jeremiah is like, wait a minute, I'm young, I'm inexperienced, I don't have what it takes. And God speaks to him in that moment of, of woe is me. And God says, I'll be with you everywhere you go. So God encouraged Jeremiah. Jeremiah cries out to God expecting the same thing. But this time God doesn't give encouragement. God gives him a challenge. How many prefer God's encouragement over God's challenge? Let's just be honest. God, would you just encourage me? God, I want you to encourage, I want you to give me a word that will encourage me. And here's the word that God gives to Jeremiah. When Jeremiah says, why is this work, why is this happening the way it's happening? Why is this happening to me? Why is this taking place the way that it is? And Jeremiah gets this word from God. It's just one verse. I wanna share this today. And if there's somebody ready to be challenged on the start of 2020, anybody wanna be challenged by the word of God in the start of 2023? All right, um, how many want to be encouraged by God's word, 2023? 20, About the same amount of hands. I don't know where to take that. But let me say this. We'll challenge and encourage. How's that? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it together. Uh, why don't you stand with me as we look at this one verse, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. It'll be on the screen, or you can follow along on the Version Bible app. Jeremiah, of course, has just gotten done saying to God, God, why does this happen? Why do you let this happen? Why are people out to get me? Why is this going the way it's going? Here's the Lord's reply, verse 5. If racing against mere men makes you tired, How will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? Father, I pray today that you would help us to run with the horses. God, I pray that we would not be content to just mingle and do life among mere common ordinary things, but God, that we would break free and run in the purpose to which you've called us. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, would you say, "Amen? amen. Find your neighbors, you're being seated and tell them you're made to run with horses. You were made to run with horses. I want to share some of you are like, "I'm tired just thinking about that." I, uh, how will you run with horses if you can't run with mere men? If you can't run in the open field, how will you walk or how will you stand in the thickets of the Jordan? I want to share today just this, this message and this title, Breaking Off Restraints. Those restraints are those things that are hindering. They're, they're keeping us from walking into the acceleration. Let me give you a picture. Here's, here's a picture that I just have in my mind of, of what, what I believe God wants to do in the beginning of this new year. To unleash us, to set us to run in the fullness, the purpose which he's called. Here's, here's one picture I've got. Uh, there are two pictures that I've got. One is medical and one's mechanical, and I'm not either, so uh, um, we'll see how this lands. Uh, but just this image this picture of someone who who is breathing but there's there's this this opposition this hindrance to breathing but as they're breathing there there's this there there's this ability but yet this 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 hindrance and then all of a sudden there's a passageway or there's a pathway or something is clear and in that moment it's like Fresh breath and just a newness that they can breathe altogether new and deeper. That they were they were living, they were making it, they were breathing. But then there's just a new opening, and I believe that God wants to bring a, a new opening. That there be a breath of fresh air. That there be a newness. The other picture is this of a car that's on the on the highway, and as the car is moving, it's at a place of of just being restrained and held back. But then, even as some people had said, they took it out and they opened up the engine, or or, or they opened the engine, and all of a sudden that opening caused there to be an acceleration, a breakthrough that as the wind and the and the fuel, the mixture, there's this, this this combustion that causes this movement and it breaks free from the restraints. I believe in my spirit today that God wants to break us free from the restraints that have held us to be normal, to help us to be in the commonplace, that have held us in a place, if we're not running well with men, how will we run in the destiny, the purpose that God has called us to? He's called us to run with horses, that we would run in the ability. Here's what you've got to know already. You can't do that in your own strength. You don't run with horses because of your ability. You run with horses because you have a power and an anointing that is not of this earth. If you're tripping among running with mere men, how will you run with horses to the purpose and the destiny? What is restraining? What is it that that sometimes gets in the way in this new year? My prayer is this, that we would experience a fresh breath and a new wind of God's presence to accelerate, to move in, to move beyond restraint the new year is often identified or symbolized by a baby with a top hat and a diaper. Right? Do you remember that? Somebody have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, it's this whole picture of there's an infancy, it's a, it's a beginning, it's just starting. But it's, it's going to be in a place of maturing and, and developing and coming into what it was meant to be. It, it starts at a place, but it matures. Here's the process of maturing. Let me give you a tip. Here's the tip. Write this down. Don't resist what God is wanting to do in your life. Don't resist what God is wanting to do in your life. Here's this picture of a baby. What is it that you know this? You've seen this? It doesn't matter what, what age the child is or, or the toddler. You know that picture or that, that, that situation where you've got the kid who has dried spaghetti all over his face and you take a cloth to try and wipe off his face. And how many know the first thing they do is resist the cloth trying to wipe off? How many know what I'm talking about? There's a resistance. There, there's this unfamiliarity. It's not that the child doesn't want to be free of the caked on spaghetti, or this is the best one, the dried boogers. Oh, my goodness. So I just disgusted some people. I'm so sorry. I'm just glad you're awake. I, I, there's this, and this, this, this child has this stuff on them. It's not that they don't want to be free of it. It's that the process is unfamiliar. And the process is uncomfortable. And how many know in the resistance, they just make it take a lot longer than it needs to? I wonder if there's some things that as we go into 2023, God is saying, I don't want this to take long anymore. Oh, I feel the word right here for somebody. Your days of grieving are over. Your days of mourning the past are done. Behold, a new day has come the sun is rising on a day that is new. Yes, there's been a day in your past of heartache and pain, and it doesn't mean that you won't have hurt and void, but the day that God has ordained and set for you is far greater, that this has come in Jesus' name, the day of your depression, the day of your your addiction, the day of your resistance, the day of whatever restrains you, I declare in the name of Jesus, it is broken off. Be set free in Jesus' name the new day has come it's a new year don't take longer than it needs to don't linger don't hold don't stay don't walk around with dried spaghetti on your face he wants to wipe you clean he wants to wash you wants to renew you that child does not have a problem the moment that child is done fighting with the washing process it walks it walks through with confidence like it was my idea in the first place You know, the child didn't mind when it was done. It's the process. And God wants to remove the restraint. I got this picture in my spirit. You know that mom that just licks her thumb and just wipes off the, I believe today God just wants to say, hey, let me, let me get that for you. Let me take, you've been carrying that bitterness, that heartache, that depression. You've been carrying that jealousy, that insecurity. You've been, You've been, hey, let me get that for you. And some of you might be like, no, it's deeper than that. I need more than just a, a, a little lick on the finger. No, you don't. Just one drop of blood is enough. One drop of blood is enough to deliver, to set free. It's one touch from him is enough. He doesn't need to do surgery on you. He just needs to let you touch him. He just needs to let you open your heart and receive the love of God. When you receive the love of God, it'll make you new. It'll be like fresh air and new wind on in the engine. It'll cause you to accelerate. I believe I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Quit being in the hindrance. God, I want to break off restraint. I want to break off the things that hinder. I don't know what your hindrance is. I don't know what it is. But I want to say to you today, stop resisting the work that God wants to do in your life. He's stretching you. He's stretching you and challenging you because he made you to run with horses, to run beyond your human ability, beyond your own strength. Yes, there's a grace and a forgiveness that only God can make possible in your life. The healing that you need to walk in, you can't do that on your own. The forgiveness you need to receive and give, you can't do that on your own. The healing of, of being able to, to walk past the, the, the regrets, the stuff that may seem to rise up, you can't do that on your own. God wants you to grow, and, and in this desire to grow, what it's going to take is it's going to take work. Growth takes work. It takes work to grow, but it takes will to sustain the growth. If we could just will our way to growth, how many know it would be a lot easier? If I could just will myself to it. It takes work. Now, I didn't say salvation is work because you don't work for your salvation, but the Bible does say you receive it as a gift, but now you have to work out your salvation. Now you've got to work it out. Now you've got to live and and work with this salvation in the midst of the tension of things that you know by faith, but you're not feeling yet. How many know that takes work? Now I've got to work this out. I've I've got to allow this work to happen, this stretching, this growing. And the more that I stretch, God opens me to be able to run in a new direction, or not just a new direction, but a new place, a new level. If, If God is going to cause us to run with horses, then we've got to be done running with mere men. Can I just say to you today, how much longer are you going to run with that resistance when God has called you to run to something far greater? How much longer are we going to hold on to that restraint that we would break off if we're being honest and we recognize that when it comes to to being challenged and being changed, we resist the challenge? You know that's true. When we get challenged, we we are more prone to change our position than to change our person. When something challenges us, we will try to do whatever we can to change the challenge rather than be changed by the challenge. Anybody willing to admit the truth? Whenever somebody says something that's challenging, I would rather go tell someone else what I didn't like about what they said because if I can get them to agree with me, then I don't have to worry about what they said. Because now I can just change rather than be changed. If I don't like what something said somewhere, then I can just go somewhere else to hear something different. I like to tell people, if you come to this church because you didn't like something at the other church, let me just tell you right off the bat, you're not gonna like us either. If you didn't like it there, you're probably not gonna like it here. It's not gonna and and I'm not saying there's seasons, there's times, but there's just the reality that I've got to understand that that there's always this fight to change. Here's the question I have for us. Are we fighting? Are we fighting ourselves to change, or are we fighting other people to stay the same? There's a fight one way or another. And and sometimes it's that fight, and that's Paul said I fought the good fight. How many know I've constantly need to fight the flesh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've got to deny the flesh. I've got to. I've got to. I've got to put the flesh away. Here's Israel, and they're in their resistance. They're resisting God. They're 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 holding on to their own ways. But here's the good news. A glimmer of hope for their future is found in Jeremiah 31. It's a, it's a prophecy of a turnaround. It's, 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 it's a prophecy that things will change. Yes, Israel will be given over to Babylon. Yes, there'll be tragedy, but there's hope. Yes, there'll be disappointment. I want you to look in Jeremiah chapter 31. I'm going to read it. It's going to be on the screen. You can follow along. But I, I want you to catch, here is the beginning of the restraint being broken off, how restraint gets broken. Jeremiah 31 verse 17 says this, there is hope for your future. Somebody out amen. Amen. There is hope for your future says the Lord. There is hope for your family. There's hope for your children. There's hope for this community. There's hope in every, there is hope he says, there is hope for your future says the Lord. Your children will come again to their own land. I have heard Israel saying, underline or or recognize that, here's the breakthrough because I heard Israel say these words. How, How many know that what comes out of the mouth indicates what's on the heart and he says there's hope because I heard Israel say this. Well, what did Israel say? Because whatever they said gives way to hope. And if that's what they said, I want to learn to say the same thing. What what is it that they spoke? He says, I have heard Israel saying this. Israel said, you discipline me severely like a calf that needs training for the yoke. Turn me again to you and restore me, for you alone are the Lord my God. I turned away from God, but then I was sorry. I kicked myself for my stupidity. I know that might not be in all of your translations, but I like it. How many know it's just good sometimes to call things what it is? How many know sometimes we've been stupid? I didn't say you are. We've done stupid things. We've been. We've we've allowed some things. He he says, for my stupidity, I kicked myself. I was thoroughly ashamed of all I did in my younger days. How many are thankful that God redeems our younger days? He redeems those things. He says, I was ashamed all I did in my younger days. And then God comes back to speaking. He says, is not Israel still my son? My darling child, says the Lord, I often have to punish him, but I still love him. That's why I long for him and surely will have mercy on him. Thank God for his mercy. Set up road signs. Put up guard posts. Mark well the path by which you came. Come back again, my virgin Israel. Return to your towns here. How long will you wander? Here's the question. How long will you wander, my wayward daughter? For the Lord, has, the Lord will cause something new to happen Israel will embrace her God. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will embrace what God wants to do rather than resist. Can you say amen to that? That we will embrace what it is that God wants to do. Here's the evidence of hope. It's in what they said. Israel said, uh, verse 18 to 19, "Uh, you discipline me severely like a calf that needs training for the yoke. Turn me again and restore me for you alone are my Lord, my God. I turned away from God, but I was sorry. I kicked myself for my stupidity. I was thoroughly ashamed for my younger days. Here, here's what I want you to, to catch today as we, uh, we, we look at breaking off restraints. Here's the words of ones who breaks off those strengths. Number one: Israel learned to say these words, "Train me." Israel said, train me. There was a willingness to be trained. When discipline is seen as valuable, it becomes welcomed in our lives. When you see discipline as valuable, learning how to see discipline as value is learning how to make the change that needs to be done. I see value in the discipline. You can only be trained if you're willing to remain. If you don't remain, then how many know you can't be trained? You can, if without remaining, you can have the idea of doing something, but how many know ideas don't change anything? Good intentions don't make the difference. There is this willingness to remain, there's this remaining in Him to that. When we learn how to remain, here's a question I've got to ask us Do we or are we in a place of being able to receive correction? Because we receive correction from those we trust and we have relationship with, and those that we belong to. There are people in my life who have the permission and who have a voice to correct me. I am a man of leadership, and I am under leadership. There's a, there's a place of correction. There are people. There, there are four main voices that have, have uh, opportunity to correct me. One is my wife. My wife has the, if my wife brings up something of concern, that sounds a lot louder in my ear than what you say. I mean, no offense, I love you, but my wife's words trump yours. You might say something, but I hear my wife saying something. It's altogether different. My, my, one of my best friends in ministry, uh, uh, he's got a voice uh, that he speaks into. And I, I hear that. My father... I hear when he, can, he speaks in me. There's a, another individual who is my superintendent, uh, happened to be the former pastor of this church and uh, one of my first mentors in ministry, but he's now my superintendent. He has a voice to speak into my life. Here's the question. Who has the right to correct you? Because my concern is that we become a culture that nobody can tell us what to do. We become a culture that nobody can correct us or give us instruction because, and here's the, if you, I'm seriously asking you, who has the right to correct you? If you can't name that person quickly, there might be something in us that needs to recognize, hey, I'm holding on to restraint. I'm allowing myself to be held back because what needs to shift in me has to be a willingness of being trained, that something needs to be trained and redirected, that there's a correction that needs to be made In my life, here's what Hebrews 12 says: For our earthly fathers disciplined us as for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. I want to share in his holiness, therefore, his discipline is necessary in my life. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening, even though your mother says this hurts me more than it hurts you. It's still painful. But afterward, I added that part. Some of you like just making sure. He rewrote the scripture. No, I didn't. I just added that for effect, and it didn't have much effect, so forget I added it. All right. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Then when we come to a place of being able to say, God, train me. I want discipline. I, I, don't, I, I want to be disciplined. I want to have correction and direction in my life. I will never move in a new place if I've never been corrected by the old or from the old." I'll never move to a new place if I've never been corrected from the old. I'll just remain in the same place, so therefore I've got to be willing if I'm going to break off restraints, teach me. Train me. God, train me. Here's three main things that are spiritual practices that are given to train followers of Jesus Christ. Three main things that the scripture gives. There there are many things you could add, but I believe it's simple. Um, Three main things that are practices of a follower of Jesus Christ. One is prayer. That when we pray, we come into alignment. Our heart Uh, We lessen our own want and come into God's want. It's prayer. Here's number two, fasting. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that is given to help train the believer. Fasting is not when I fast to get God to do something. Fasting is when I tell my flesh, you're not in control, and I'm clearing the airway so that I can hear God more clearly. Fasting doesn't move God. Fasting moves my flesh. It helps get my flesh out of the way. We're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting to start off the new year to say, God, help us to be trained, to be disciplined, to where we don't live with the flesh man speaking louder than the spirit man. That we're not moved and driven by our flesh more than we're moved by the spirit of God. Whatever that fast might be in scripture, uh, main thing that was fasting is food. It had to do with food. And uh, it can be different types of fast. There's a, a link that we have on the Version Bible app. It'll also be on the email that'll go out tomorrow. Uh, a pastor in Georgia, Jensen Franklin, uh, wrote uh, some books on fasting. He's got a, a link that we share that just gives information and basic information of fasting, why we fast, how we fast, some things that you can, you can do. For me, I'll start the fast with a set amount of days of a water fast. And then after that, I've not gone 21 days on a water fast. So, uh, I'm not trying to impress anybody I'm just telling you I've not done 21 days on a water fast uh the longest I've done is uh on a Daniel fast for 40 days and uh that was thank God for his blessing and his mercy in it but come on this boy loves to eat and loves food and vegetables just do not cut it um I I I I bless all the vegetarians um I thank God for their ability and I don't I, I don't get it um uh if there's not meat, like Jody makes, if there's a pasta dish, which if we have that, there's like there's always some meat to go with it. And uh, uh, because in our house, if there's not meat, it's not a meal. It's just how, just kind of feel that way. So I, I, confession, good for the soul. So I don't know why I just confess that. But uh, uh, th- there's this, the, the time of fasting and then, uh, you know, a couple days I will do a water fast and then going into uh, the rest of the time uh, what is known as a Daniel fast. That's vegetables and water. Um, sometimes for people, it's fasting one meal a day. Um, it might be fasting something specific. Whatever it is between you and God, here's what it is not. It is not legalism. It is not right position with Jesus. Well, if you fast, you get closer. No, you remove your flesh that allows you to get closer to God, but God doesn't give you a closer place in heaven because you fast. You, you deny your flesh You can live all your life and not fast, and you'll still make it to heaven if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Somebody say amen, because that's the gospel. You are not saved by any works except faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing else. I want a few more amens than that because that is anything else is legalism. You add any more to it, it is faith in Jesus Christ alone. By believing on Jesus Christ, that is salvation. Uh, But we fast as a way of disciplining ourselves. And so I would encourage you, determine what it might be for you over 21 days of fasting, a a meal a day, a a certain day, whatever it might be. You determine, and uh, that becomes the moment for us to discipline. Here's the third one. the third one that I just mentioned, because it is a spiritual discipline, and that, it, that does help us train, and that is giving. These three things are spiritual practices that are within a believer's life to help train them, prayer, fasting, and giving. Because whenever I give, I'm telling my flesh and recognizing that I don't live on manna, I don't live on what I can produce and what I get, I live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He is my provider, my sustainer. I don't live off of what I have, I live off of who he is in me, and I don't have my sustenance because of my of my, of, of my blessings. My sustenance is because of God's favor and his goodness and because of who he is in my life. And so the practice of giving is a spiritual discipline in our lives. And so he gives us those things to help train. My prayer is that over the next 21 days that we would train, go into training in prayer and fasting, that we would allow ourselves to to get closer to hear God's voice, that we would throw off the restraints, that we would allow ourselves to be trained. Anybody want to be, anybody up for saying, Lord, train me. God, I want to hear. I want to, I want to, I want more. I want to throw off. The restraint. I would even encourage you, um, grab a journal and for the next 21 days, write down what God is speaking to your heart. Uh, that's something I do on a regular basis is I, 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 uh, I love the journal. I love to just write in my prayer time what, what I believe God is just speaking to my heart and, and where God is leading me. And then sometimes to go back and read that, I got to be honest with you, I've been encouraged because of what God reminded me of in a moment, he spoke to me at a different point in time. And so um, i mean, encourage you to be trained in that way. We good? Here's number two. He says, make me. Not only train me, but make me. Israel is heard saying, turn me again to you and restore me. Here's maturity is when we go from making it about us and making it about Jesus. I'm a a college football fan, and uh, anybody else? What great games yesterday. I mean, can I just get a witness? No, somebody. You're disappointed because of the turnout, right? But you got to admit it was a good game. I was too. I wanted the field goal to go. I wanted Ohio State to beat Georgia, um, but that didn't work out. It's a good game. Did I offend somebody right now? (laughs) Well, tough, okay. (laughs) There's also a discipline of not being offended, so we'll see if we can practice that one too. Um, (laughs) uh, I I love hearing the interviews. I, I think what I love about college football is watching... Uh, young men come right out of high school and then mature and grow and be in a place. I just love watching that development as they, they, uh, they grow and mature. And, and two of the coaches I heard interviewed yesterday, and then actually a third one, because then I end up watching a documentary with Lou Holtz talking about his coaching career and his time. And uh, something that all three of these coaches that I heard yesterday in interviews and what they shared is that one of the things they look for in a player and an athlete is not their skill, but their willingness to put the team ahead of themselves. Their willingness to play not for their success, but for the team. And um, each of these coaches uh, is talking about the significance, and I think that's a maturity in our process that we throw off restraint when we get to a place that it's not about me and it's about the kingdom of God. And we come to a place and say, God, make me. This was the, the maturity that happened in the prodigal son. Uh, just to remind you the prodigal son story, he, uh, the, Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son who uh, says to his father, give me. Uh, Give me my inheritance. I want what belongs to me. And so the father gives it to him. Well, he goes and squanders it and uh, uh, spends it all on wild living. And while he spends it on wild living, he has nothing. And he's left to now take care of pigs because he has no means. So he's got to work as a, as a, a, a laborer. So he's working in a pig pen. And the Bible says that he longed to eat the food that the pigs were eating. That's pretty bad. But then he came to his senses. The Bible says he came to his senses. I love that word. How many know sometimes I need to come to my senses? No, I mean, not just me, but how many, some of you are like, yeah, you do. Uh, I appreciate the encouragement. Uh, <laughs> uh, how many have ever been in a place you've, you've had to come to your senses, that there's some things that we're allowing to overwhelm? I, I would say this, if we come to our senses, there's some things that we're letting the enemy hang over us that we're, we're ending up running with mere men when we should be running with horses. That when we come to our senses, we'll have a different perspective. But uh, here's the prodigal son. He says, what am I doing here? So he goes to his father, and I love this part. This is the part where the father sees him coming. The father runs after his son and embraces him. And now the son says to his father, make me like one of your hired servants. The first time he left, he said, give me. But when he came back, he said, make me. There was a maturing that happened. He came to a place and he said, now make me one of your hired servants. And this whole thing of making was this recognition of of, of where I belong, where I fit, that God would make us, that we would come to our senses to not just say, God, give me, but God, make me. Not not, not saying, God, give me uh, what I'm asking for, but God, make me what you wanna make me in this process. So it's not about me getting my needs met. It's about me developing into what it is that you wanna accomplish in my life so God before you fix the problem fix me before you just answer my issue develop in me what needs to change because if not I'm just going to keep running with mere men when God called me to run with horses I'm just going to keep running in the same place that I've been. I'm going to keep in that same place. But God, make me shift whatever needs to shift in my life. Make me like one of your servants. He came to his senses. This is David in Psalm 73. He realized, I love this. David says these words, Then I realized that my heart was bitter. And I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you, O God. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you, O Lord? I desire you more than anything on earth. How many know that's a place that when we get to, it's God, I I, I need you. Make me as you desire. Here's what he says. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I may fail. I may be weak, but God, your mercy, your grace will make me. You'll develop in me. You'll work in me for your purpose that we would receive the love of God and it would allow us to be made new. Say to God today, God, train me. God, make me. Here's the last thing this gives way to breaking off restraint is forgive me he says this he heard Israel say I turned away from God but then I was sorry I was sorry here's forgiveness when you ask for forgiveness it's a place of admitting wrong this is so significant because when you when you come to a place of saying asking for forgiveness you no longer hide under the shadow of justification let me say it this way forgiveness breaks the back of excuses You know what keeps you running with mere men? Excuses. You know why I stay in my bitterness? Because of what they did to me. Because of this happened. Because of this. You stay in your restraint because of your excuses. But the moment you allow forgiveness, how many know it breaks the back of excuses? Because now you call it out God, I didn't receive what you had for me. God, I repent. For allowing this to be my God. I repent for allowing this to be my, my, my source. God, I repent for depending on this. God, I repent for making my God their approval. God, I repent. I know sometimes, like, well, repentance is such a harsh word. No, repentance is such a gracious word because He is near to the brokenhearted. A, a, a repentant heart, He will not turn away. That a heart of saying, God, in in, in my heart, uh, allow excuses to be gone. I I was wrong and unjustified, but now I'm forgiven and I'm set free. I want you to see in verse 21 that we read. The Lord says this, set up the road signs, put up guideposts, mark well the path by which you came. Come back again, my virgin Israel. My virgin Israel. don't overlook what God says of Israel my virgin Israel the same people that in chapter 3 he tells Jeremiah to tell them they are an adulterous people they are giving themselves to other gods, to other nations to false gods, they are adulterous but now the ones he once called adulterous he now calls virgin, can I tell you that God makes all things new all things He even knows how to restore virginity. God knows how, somebody like, you're just messed up. No, no, no. I'm not telling you how any of it works. I just know what God's word says, that he makes all things new. He took an adulterous nation and now called them my virgin Israel. I will restore completely. I will set you free that, it won't hang over you anymore it won't be remember what you did no I'm breaking off the restraints so that you can run with horses I'm breaking you free from the stuff that would try to hold you back I'm setting you free I'm causing fresh breath and a new wind to blow over you so that you can be completely new and run to the purpose that I've called you oh that we would break off the restraint that we would walk in the fullness and the purpose to which God called us that we wouldn't settle to just run with mere men when he called us to run with horses. So can I say this today? How much longer are we going to hold on to that bitterness, to that grief, to that heartache, to that depression, to that jealousy, to that brokenness, to that anger, to that whatever it is. How long are we going to hold on and run with mere men when we can break off the restraint and start running with the horses and running in in a place that is not our own ability, our own strength, but God's. If you trip in the open field How will you, what will you do when you come to the Jordan, the thickets in the Jordan? Here's the reason why he said the thickets in the Jordan, because the thickets were like the jungle, and the jungle is every time in the harvest, water would rise in the Jordan. And at harvest time, the Jordan rises, It, it reaches flood stage. And when flood stage reaches the jungles, it causes the lion to move out of the jungle. And guess where the lion shows up? Closer to you. So what God is saying is what I want to do in your life is going to cause you to walk through some stuff that you're going to feel like you can't keep up. But if you can't run, outrun men, what are you going to do when the lion comes after you? Because there is a lion who is roaring to come after you. But I'm giving you the strength to run with the strength like a horse that you can outrun, that you can reach, that you can go to ability that's not your own. If you want to see God do significant things, then get ready. Because when the water rises, so do the prey. So do the beasts. So to the things of difficulty, anybody know what I'm talking about? God, I want strength. I'm going to throw off restraint. And I want to be done messing with the mere stuff of men. And I want to rise to the stuff of the kingdom. Am I talking to anybody today? I want to rise to the stuff of the kingdom. I don't want to settle for running with men. When God has called me to run with horses. Would you stand with me all across this place today? I don't know what the restraint is that you need to throw off. I don't know what it is today. Some of you have allowed the wrong people to sit in the driver's seat of your life. You've allowed the wrong people to sit at the driver's seat of your life, and you're blaming people because of them shifting the gears. The problem isn't they're shifting the gears. The problem is that you gave them the gear to shift. The problem is that you allowed them to sit in a seat that they were never meant to be in. So quit saying, they're shifting and moving my life. It's what, no, 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 no. God gave you the ability. God gave you the authority. Don't turn the gear shift over to somebody else when God created you and made you to operate it. He gave you the power, the ability, the authority. Just quit letting other people make your decisions in life. Quit letting other people control the joy of your life. No one takes my joy. I give it away. No one takes my peace. I give it away. And when I'm running with mere men, I'm running with people, Ah, oh, I can't, life is so hard, everything's so bad, everything's so difficult. There's always a problem. Listen, I get this world is going to have problems. But God didn't call me to get stuck in the problems of this world. He called me to lift my eyes to heaven, to look up where my redemption draws nigh, and to live not with eyes on this world, but to lift my eyes to the things above, not the things of this world. To live in perspective, I'm running with horses. Let's not waste our time dealing with mere man stuff. Now, if that sounds so unkind, I, what I want to say to you is, don't let bitterness hold you back any longer don't let unforgiveness, depression, and the things, it, is that all right? God, break off restraint that we can run with horses, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me ask you this today. If you're here today and you would say, Jason, I, I know something in my life that God is challenging an area, a habit, an addiction, an attitude, a, uh, bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever it is. There's something that already, you know, God is God wants to lick his thumb and just wipe that smudge off of you today. You recognize, you say, there's I've recognized something in my life. If that's you, just lift your hand and put it right back down and say in Jesus name, I'm believing, be set free. Break, break the restraint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Jesus name, break the restraint. God, I release it right now. Come on, would you just release it right now? God, I turn it over to you. Lord, I declare victory in Jesus name. I want to pray over you, and we're going to sing this song just before we go, because I believe that as we sing this song, things are going to shake off of us. So, Father, I thank you that who the Son sets free is free indeed. I thank you that, God, you give us forgiveness. You give us grace that, Lord, we don't have to deal with the mere things of man. But God, that we can walk in total freedom. That God, we can walk in victory. We can walk in newness. Lord, I pray a fresh breath and a new wind. God, to move. That we would run with horses. Oh God, that we would run into the purpose, the destiny. That God, we would accelerate right at the beginning of this new year. That Lord, we wouldn't carry baggage from one year to the next. But God, that we would allow ourselves to be set free. To run into what you've called us for. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that. If you receive that today, would you shout amen and thank God for his freedom? Come on, just